Welcome to the Mortcast. Before we get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful Lower Downtown, Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. If you go to bfwdenver.com, you can pick yourself up a bottle of wine, be there white, red, pinot, cabernet, malbec, syrah. Um, any of their great red varietals, or you can pick up a Riesling, or you can pick yourself up some whites. It just it, it really is everything. Uh, your one-stop shop for local Colorado fare. Um, also, grapes that are made in Sonoma County, California, which is their specialty. If you go to Blanchard Family Wines in the Dairy Block, you can pick up all that stuff, as well as partnerships with Western Slope Wineries, and really to sample all of what Colorado has to offer. If you go to bfwdenver.com, you can book yourself a virtual wine tasting, uh, which are very popular during the winter, or you can uh, pick yourself up a bottle or get some swag. You know, anything you really need is your one-stop shop. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, uh, sorry about the delay in podcasts this week. I had some mic trouble, but hopefully this is I've got it working right now. Um, so um, today is a two-subject po- podcast. I'm going to talk to you about... Uh, the Nuggets kind of lack of home court advantage. And I'm also going to talk to you about kind of the malaise, kind of Eeyore-ishness of uh, everything surrounding the Denver Nuggets right now. But first we want to talk about the, the Nuggets are a heavy 22-15 and 15, uh, record at home. And this is the worst record they have had uh, in a winning season um, that I can ever remember. Um, this Nuggets team has always been, you know, historically very formidable um, at home. And if you go, I think StatMuse has uh, several uh, ways you can search out home the Nuggets' 30 best home records. This, you know, the Nuggets are a 55-year-old uh, um, organization, and uh, this start to this year is the 30th ranked um, of the top 30. Um, and so it's in the bottom rung of them as a history in, in an organization, it's in the lower half. And this Nuggets team is, is not unusual in the struggles at home. This is not just a last three years thing. Um, while the 2019-20 team was affected by Mar- the, the the entire NBA shutting down with like 18 games to go in in the season in uh, 2020, and then following that up with a 72 game with with a with a bubble experience, and then a 72 game uh, truncated season uh, last year. And following that up with a full season this year. So it's been it's been weird, you know, and I tend to kind of give them, particularly with last year, no fans in the uh, stands. I kind of throw out that year as far as a, as a record. You can count the way they were, uh, what their record was going into the 2020 
1920 season um, because they played most of those games already to uh, full uh, capacity. And it was thoroughly mediocre. The year before, they won 34 games at home, which is uh, in the top rungs. But that very much, uh, aside from the 20... Uh, 17, 18. So the 17, 18 and 18, 19, they did really well at home. Um, but from the start of the Shaw era through the first couple years of the, 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 the Malone era, and then to the, uh, uh, the last three years, basically this Nuggets team has other than two years, which are very much outliers has been generally very blah at home. And there are a ton of factors as to why these teams are not very good at home. Um, Now, very good is on a relative scale. They still are winning more than they lose at home, but it is not at a rate that even anywhere approaches the nineteen. Uh, the uh, 2013 season when they won 38 at home. That that very much is the uh, far and away the biggest one. And I think their next one was from 1988 or 89, where they won like 36 games at home. But historically, the Nuggets have always been just at least, at least if not competent, then very good at home, you know. And there's a bunch of factors as to why this Nuggets team is not juggernauts at home anymore. Um, And we have to say that the Nuggets no longer being a fast-paced team has eliminated the what what amounts to be the greatest home court advantage uh, in the history of NBA basketball, which is the Denver Nuggets at home uh, with the altitude. Um, Playing a slower-paced style is something that uh, it basically brings what you do down to what your uh, what your opponents are be are able to achieve at home. So basically, your advantage is no longer advantage. What the Nuggets have knowingly done since 2013, when Josh Kroenke fired George Carl, was to say we no longer believe that is something we need to do is to play a fast paced game of basketball at home. Now, there are there are good things to support that and then there are things on the negative side to support that. Um there is a feeling that the Nuggets overly relied on the pace at home and when things slowed down in the playoffs weren't able to um overcome that. Now, you could say that on some ends and it artificially uh uh, exaggerated their their regular season records, um, but you can also say that in 1985, 86, um, 87, um, excuse me, 80, 88, um, 94, uh, 2009, um, those are all years where the Nuggets. Well, I mean, the 2008-9 team played a little slower than the other George Carl teams, but they were still fast. Um, but, you know, even the 94 team, which was probably the slowest paced Nuggets team I've ever seen due to the fact that they, uh, they had struggles on offense, but they liked to get out and break, but they were not just, a, they were not a fast team. They, it was a lot of dumping down to, to Kevin Mutombo. 
um, and uh, him doing a give and go and all this stuff. But there is a there is a feeling that it it artificially inflated their regular season records, and it wasn't necessarily indicative of playoff success. There are counter arguments that you can support on both ends of that scenario, and uh, you can say that without I think without a shadow of a doubt the Nuggets are the slowest paced team, one of the slowest paced teams in the NBA. And um, any sort of running that they do is, um, I wouldn't call it minimal, but um, it is very half-court. They've become evolved into a half-court-based team, not necessarily what you would call a a classically defensive approach team, but a a half-court-based team. But I don't believe that is the greatest reason why the Nuggets no longer have that home-court advantage. Um, factor number two is the NBA went out of its way to to <laughs> target the Denver Nuggets and uh, take away the second night of back-to-backs coming from the Pacific. Um, a series of NBA coaches in starting in 2011 um, complained to the league about the coming the ending the road trip in Denver um, scenario. Uh, where the Nuggets would just uh, limit, just run guys out of a uh, uh, out of out of a, out of the gym, basically, uh, because they were ending the road trip there, and uh, they they always thought it was that they would always get a scheduled loss in Denver. Um, I don't think in the history of the league has a league deliberately gone about in eliminating a home court advantage, court advantage scenario. They didn't do this for road trips and East Coast team road trips where all they have to do is hop on a train and go for an hour to uh, another location, say say like Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia or New York to Philadelphia or anything like that. They don't they don't uh, they didn't eliminate that, but they did target the Denver Nuggets who uh, had this perceived unfair advantage, according to several coaches and some executives in the NBA. Um, and that, I think, has gone a long way to uh, shave down some of the Nuggets' advantages. And in fact, the Nuggets themselves have ended up on the second night of a back-to-back in Denver um, in in just kind of ridiculous ways to where, well, this year they played the, the, the Utah Jazz three consecutive games on the the second night of a back-to-back where the Utah Jazz got full rest. You know, it is it is one of those things where you can actually point directly to the NBA and say, you guys went out of your way to eliminate what was perceived as an unfair advantage, which is subjective, by the way, an unfair advantage for Denver um, at, at home. Where I think the biggest factor is, um, it, it's, it's a, not necessarily the biggest factor, but I say, well, part of the factor is that um, the scenario that has come to bear is the Nuggets have not been able to take advantage of long homestands. Um, it's been very interesting to watch this evolution since 2013. So this is a nine-year uh, sample size here, folks, of the Nuggets actually struggling with long homestands, uh, which has been something that you never would have said before prior to that because this Nuggets team played fast and they were very used to the altitude. Um, 
just in my own view, I don't know how used to the altitude this Nuggets team is. They get very winded at home. And it is, some of it's a function of having Nikola Jokic on the team and him being a center. It's a center-based team, so it's not as fast. Um, but this, this team just doesn't seem to to uh, have the the overall same heart rate, I guess, that, that other Nuggets teams have done. Maybe that's a function of not, not running as much. But there's a bunch of different factors that have gone into it. I'm not going to, you know, I discussed this on the last podcast. I am not going to blame any fans for, the, for anything here. Uh, the home crowd is what it is, and NBA teams are professionals, and they need to deal with whatever opposing fans come in. Um, it's not fair to Nuggets fans to single them out and treat them differently than other fan bases in Denver get treated. Um, but this Nuggets team has just been hit with a collision of different scenarios that has really eliminated some of it's self done, by the way, you can't exclude the Nuggets from really going in a deliberately non fast paced approach for the, 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 uh, the home games. And, and quite frankly, that is a choice that they made and it was made deliberately but you compound that with the fact that the NBA has really gone in and uh, tried to eliminate as many of the Pacific to Colorado back-to-backs as there was, um, and ending a road trip in Denver. Uh, teams rarely end their road trips in Denver anymore. It's it's fascinating to me how the NBA went about that. Um, but and it has created this stew of the team just being kind of meh at home. And I think that has actually depressed some of the enthusiasm for, for home games. The Nuggets are not a tremendous home team anymore. They're 22 and 15 right now at home. I never would have thought I'd see the day where the Nuggets were only seven games above 500 at home like this and uh, have played in some epically terrible games uh, at home where they got like the Boston game where they get blown off the court. That has obviously depressed some enthusiasm, but it's interesting to see, but I I just, it, it is what it is. The Nuggets are no longer a team that's going to win 38 games at home. Um, they have done this them to themselves in a pursuit of winning, thinking that this is a better approach to winning a championship. And uh, maybe that's the way. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of di- different, differentiating, differentiating factors going on. I don't know. I, I wish I could give a definitive answer as to why this Nuggets team um, is just not as good at home as, as they used to be. Um, you have a nine year sample size and, uh, outside of two years, this Nuggets team just doesn't clear 30 wins at home. And I never thought I would see the day like, like that. Like I said, I've never thought I, I, I just to put it to you in, in context of the top 30 home records in Denver Nuggets history, all eight George Carl years are in the top 30 and three Michael Malone years and no Brian Shaw years are in the top 30. That Think about that. That is, that's insane. All right. Well, thank you uh, for that. And uh, I'm going to take a break. And then on the other side, I'm going to talk to you about this, the general malaise that seems to be covering Denver Nuggets fans right now. This Nuggets, and I've noticed after the Nuggets, um, struggled to beat the Indiana Pacers in a in a game that was almost one of, it was almost one of those games where you uh, 
throw something at the television. This Nuggets team has uh, been an interesting team to watch this year, and they have been very difficult to be wholeheartedly supportive of, uh, 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 wholeheartedly supportive of while they, um, you know, have gone through this season. Um, they, they, and it's not in a, in a conscious sense. It is more in a, um, it's more in a kind of a, a nebulous sense. And um, I think Adam Mares talked about it on the, his latest uh, Locked On, but I think it's worth reiterating that there is kind of an expectations game here. The Nuggets this year have definitely not pro- that the, the linear progression has not continued since the 2020 uh, trip to the Western Conference Finals, which, as we discussed before, is um, largely anomalous. Um. There are there are ways to look at this Nuggets season, and look at the general malaise and kind of I would describe it as eeyore eeyoreishness as if that's a word surrounding the team. This team has generally uh, it I can't say disappointed because this team has missed two of its three best players all year, but there's just this weird kind of. Um, if you want to follow me and nobody ever does kind of thing, like Eeyore would say, <laughs> you know, pinning the tail on the donkey here. It is just a, it is a, uh, uh, just kind of a weird, kind of a negative vibe. And I think some of it has to do with all the pandemic. I mean, look, the, the, the NBA in November, December was ravaged by the Omicron variant of the virus. And the teams had to slog through this. And I'm sure that mentally affected all NBA teams. The Nuggets were nailed with it in late December. And uh, obviously that led to the cancellation of a uh, game. Um, it led to a uh, the cancellation of uh, what was the Golden State game, which was rescheduled in a way that obviously the Nuggets were destined to lose that game. Uh, but then it also affected them with the uh, Brooklyn Nets, who had to cancel a game themselves when they couldn't find enough players to play. Um, and, and add in the pandemic part to it, with the fans being kind of frustrated with the non-linear progression of this team. This team has is in a weird place because of the injuries to Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. This the team is in a in a place that I don't think people it is hard to get fully behind this Nuggets team and I think it's largely because the there is a overall feeling that there is a cap there is a ceiling on what they can accomplish. And I think that part <coughs> pardon me and I think that part has really kind of de- not necessarily depressed fan, fan enthusiasm. Obviously, what's going on with altitude and not being able to see the team has, you know, affected fans. But I think more than anything else, it's just there's kind of a why bother element to this, which I think is kind of unfair. Um, but there's there's a um, just a just a general like. Uh, 
slump-shouldered feeling about this Nuggets team. And it is, once again, like I said in my first segment, due to a whole bunch of different circumstances that has just come together. This Nuggets team will have to make a run in the playoffs in order to, I think, rekindle some of this enthusiasm um, that has been both a cell phone by KSE and a um, bit of a players are injured and we think see what's going on. They lose to the Suns. A bunch of Suns fans are in the arena. I get how discouraging that is. This kind of is a fight through it moment for Nuggets fans. And really, if you're going to talk about it, a fight through it moment for the Denver Nuggets themselves. The Denver Nuggets are not uh, in a tremendous place right now. Um, They are, could have the potential of finishing up at the fourth seed. Uh, this year, which is crazy to think about, but everyone is kind of like, ah. and, and and it's fascinating to me, absolutely fascinating to me to see this evolution. And I think, I think it's going to take the Nuggets doing something unexpected. It really is because I think right now people are just kind of slump-shouldered, like I said, and not really expecting much. But I think what it's going to take is something unexpected. The Nuggets overachieving to rekindle the enthusiasm we had in 2019 or even post-bubble in uh, 2020. I really think it's going to take that. And uh, who knows what's going to happen in the future, but hopefully, hopefully something kind of triggers us out of our collective malaise. And um, I'm hoping it comes soon and hoping it comes in the playoffs because I think we all need it. We all need a little pick-me-up right now, don't we? All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I'll be back Saturday with a Saturday morning coffee. Goodbye.